Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Coconuts Podcast. Today is May 20, 2022. The Coconuts Podcast is your home for top trending news and pop culture from all across Southeast Asia and Hong Kong. From Manila, I'm Sam Beltran. And from Jakarta, I'm Andrew Nasri. Hello. Hola. Guess what I just watched. Uh, come on. Like, I mean, there could be like a million things you could be watching. Like, it could be Ted Lasso for all I care. No, I mean, it's a very, it's a life-changing movie. It's about multiverses. And I'm not talking about Doctor Strange. I have no intention to watch oh, that. Oh, man. I was going to say Doctor Strange. <laughs> no, because Spider-Man, the, the last one really pissed me off with all the convenient plot points. You know, how they explained everything with magic. Yeah, anyway, superhero movie, uh-huh. whatever. But I did just watch Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Have you heard about uh-huh. that? I have. I have heard good things about it. So how was it? Does it live up to the hype? Oh, um, it's a very... <laughs> it's a stoner movie for sure. I mean, a younger movie would definitely fuck? really, really appreciate that. But I really, really enjoyed it um, all the same. Because, like, imagine a burrito, right? <laughs> and you okay. stuff it with all sorts of meat um like beef pork chicken like all all, all that's good right and okay. and and avocado and rice and it's like a big fat juicy burrito okay and then you eat that and you feel so good eating it and then you cry at the end because it's so good yeah that's that's <laughs> everything everywhere all at once that does sound like everything everywhere all at once okay yeah that is interesting um i think starring okay. malaysia's own michelle yo so uh, it's pretty relevant to our readership our listeners listenership hey malaysian friends thanks for listening in okay yeah okay that does sound pretty promising although i think i'd probably rather have the burrito but yeah okay mm. i'll give it a i'll give it a shot where'd you see it you're not a movie person per se are you I am. It's just that I don't know. I mean, I think I like it a fair amount, as every other person does. But I, I, I don't like to keep up with like everything that just with everything on. everywhere all at once. No, exactly. But, um, <laughs> word on the street is you just recently watched Parasite. I have. Oh come on, please don't. Did you judge watch it on VHS? Me. I. Have. I- <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong That's with me? That's me. No, I saw it on Netflix because it finally came out on Netflix. Okay. Oh my goodness! Look, enough I mean, time has passed. Lazy. Enough time has passed for that movie to be uncool now, as as good as it is. That is you know? so mean. I mean, like I'm just getting on like the parasite train here. Okay, like I've been telling everybody, oh my god, it's so good, and then here you are telling me that it's. But it's lame. What? Like that's like like that's how uncool I am. Basically, I hate you. Yeah, basically, since it, it's it won the best picture Oscar, it's just not hipster anymore. So sorry. <laughs> that came from the heart. <laughs> All no right, kidding. shall we move on then right. to the Fine. top stories Fine. of the week? From a man painting artwork with his teepee to alien worshippers in Bangkok. Coconuts TV brings you wacky and impactful documentaries from across the region. Don't miss out! Head down to our Coconuts TV YouTube channel to subscribe and enjoy. All right. So first off in Hong Kong. So I don't know, Andra. Do you fancy yourself a sausage fan? 
<laughs> Don't answer that. <laughs> no, okay, please do. Do I fancy myself a sausage? A sausage fest? <laughs> a sausage yes. fan. Hell yeah. Oh. A sausage fest um, fan then. <laughs> I am a sausage fest fan. I like it. I like spending time with my boys. Cool. <laughs> with, 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 with sausages, I hope. Like with, with like grilled, like, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. sausages. We, Beer. Yeah, we'd we'd grill and munch into each other's sausages. <laughs> sounds like a sounds like a like like a great weekend to spend. By the way, <laughs> absolutely. So anyway, I hope none of your favorite sausages are on this list because Hong Kong's Consumer Council just found that three sausage brands that are being sold in the market in Hong Kong were found to contain a byproduct of a veterinary drug that is banned in mainland China. The, the European Union and the U.S. According to a study that was released this week by the, the city's consumer watchdog. So they mm. tested 30 samples of different sausage types available in the market. And then they found what they call semi-carbazide or SEM, which is a metabolite of the veterinary drug nitrofurazone, also known as nitrofurol, that was detected in three sausage samples. So for your information, these are... A, Yupin King's Honey Cocktail Sausage, Alfresco's Spicy Jalapeno with Jalapenos and Roasted Peppers Chicken Sausage, and Valley Chef's Chicken Franks. So, I don't know. Do you know any of these brands? Have you tried them? I hope not. Um, no. Uh, thankfully, thankfully, but, um, but you, you know with sausages though, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of people say the best tasting ones are the ones that contain not literal shit, but you know, proverbial shit in it. In them. oh god, like like there was like a rumor. all sorts of byproducts, like like I'm, bone and uh, stuff exactly, and, and, you know, ligaments and uh, yeah, yeah, like it's it's like the, it's like the case of chicken nuggets, right? Like they say that it'll yeah, exactly. Like all sorts of what chicken. is yeah. what is a, an extra bit of uh, veterinary dog drug byproduct <laughs> gonna do? You know, if it tastes yummy. So anyway, that reminds me of a rumor that used to spread in the Philippines about like how hot dogs contain like not so savory meat sources, namely animals that we love to take care of and keep inside our houses. Oh my god. You can probably guess. Yeah, you can probably guess the rest. But I mean Seriously? that is like just a nasty rumor. It's a nasty rumor, probably made up by like some competitor to, you know, to probably just disparage the other so they could get ahead they they could get ahead in sales, right? Or I mean it's 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 a nasty urban legend. I hope it's not but, true. I think it's not true. But do you have like a problem with strays to make what? that like economically like stray dogs or stray cats. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. To make mm-hmm. that like economically viable, <laughs> or I wouldn't want to answer that. I mean, there are. It is true that there are a lot of stray dogs and cats that do roam around, but I don't think that's ethical ever. So mm. I mean, I'm pretty sure everything's made of pork and pork byproducts, but probably not. Like probably not dogs or cats. Hopefully not. <laughs> I mean, uh, if we're talking about urban legends uh, related to, to meat products, um, yeah. in Indonesia, there's been like a long running rumor that, um, have you ever heard of bakso? No. They're like, they're like beef meatballs. Okay, interesting. But they're like, from time to time, there's there's this, this rumor pops up wherein, say, whenever beef, uh, the price of beef spikes, 
And then people would say that Baso producers put in the meat from mice into the, the meat. Oh, bottles. God, that is yeah. interestingly. But like, like it's, <laughs> it's probably not, it's probably not true. Right. But this is why, but all the same, like I do not, I, pr- I try not to eat processed foods and I'm mostly vegetarian huh. anyway. So look yeah. at you being all self-righteous and shit. No, I'm kidding. No, I mean, good <laughs> for you. you though. Because, I mean, organic meat's best, right? I mean, whatever mm, yeah. whatever you can get from, like, your supermarket or even the market. And, you know, none yeah. of those, like, none of that processed shit. So, I do... Or, or we whole... can just avoid meat mm-hmm. altogether. Animals are sure. friends, people, not food. Oh, nice of you to go all PETA on this segment. But anyway, <laughs> going back to the story. <laughs> going back to the story, like, speaking of processed food, right? I mean, you do have a point there that, you know, people are probably better off just avoiding you know, processed food altogether. So like in Hong Kong in particular, um, it did show that, you know, because these uh, these samples contained more than, you know, the allowable amounts of, um, of of the said product. And the research has shown that nitrofurazone could adversely affect the reproductive organs of lab animals. So while its metabolite SEM or semicarbazide could cause articular cartilage degeneration in lab animals, resulting in deformed limbs. That's creepy. That is really Mm. scary. And I mean, Mm. to be fair, they did say that there is no sufficient evidence so far of the effect in carcinogenesis. They did say that there is currently insufficient evidence of the effect of this on humans. Um, And they did say that it's also an effective treatment for local infections. But I mean, I guess it never hurts to be, you know, you you can never be too careful, right? Absolutely. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah, so either live my lifestyle or um, rear your own animals. Exactly. (laughs) Which I want to do, by the way. I mean... I do have a farm. I mean, so bougie. Oh my God. Oh, shut up. No, (laughs) but that is the dream. Like, honestly, I just want to, I just want to wear like what they call a prairie dress, which is basically like the term nowadays for like, you know, those nice rural dresses that Taylor Swift likes to wear. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Uh yeah. And just play evermore and folklore on repeat while I'm just, you know, tending to my garden and, you know, milking the cows and whatnot and, you know, checking out the chicken coop and and shit. That is, that is kind of the dream, (laughs) sort of. (laughs) So, you know, my, my future kid will never have to worry about, you know, about, uh, what do you call this? Semi-carbazide and nitrofurazone in, in his meatballs. So, yeah, I think we're pretty set. Yeah. Leave that to the urbanites. Absolutely. Anyway, we move on to Bangkok where, you know, we're still on the topic of animals here in Bangkok. Mm -hmm. A puppy was, in inverted commas, charged with getting lost by uh, cops in Lumpini. And a shout out to Coconuts Bangkok's reporter, Nico, for teaching us how to pronounce that. Thanks, So the Lumpini police said that they're looking for the owner of a puppy they found underneath a condominium building. Um, so the puppy is a female golden retriever. It's, it's just so cute. You got to see, I think it's, it's still in its, um, in its youth, right? Absolutely. Like that doesn't look like, I mean, like that, like that puppy quickly looks like just like a thing that's two or three months old. 
So, you know, yeah. probably newly adopted or, you know, ju- like just separating, starting to separate from his mama. And I love that I just went all animal lover dog mom on the segment. <laughs> but it, look at that face, though. That's the cutest thing. I know. I, like, other than the <laughs> shedding, golden retrievers are the best. They are, dude. They are. Anyway, cops at the station filmed and even took a mock shot. Of the fluffy four-legged small, spelled S-M-O-L for added cuteness, small. criminal below a booking notice that read, name, golden retriever, and charge, getting lost. That's adorable. Um, yeah. If you're in Bangkok and this is your dog, little doggo, you can head on over to Lumpini Police Station to pick her up. Okay. Let me just be honest, though. I'm not sure, Andre, if you have this problem in your country. But personally, like if, and I mean, in, in Manila specifically, I am so paranoid about losing my dog, about like just my dog suddenly like the gates open and then it runs out and then it runs out to wherever. And then I don't find my dog forever. You know, I'm always so scared of that happening. And also because the longer, like the longer it goes, the slimmer my chances get of actually getting my dog back. Just because, you know, a lot of people, they see a dog on the street looks cute or it looks like it has a breed at least like you know one of those expensive breeds like it's not a village dog and they take it for themselves they take the dog for themselves and either breed it to death you know what i mean and just you know sell mm. the puppies off or you know, just they just keep the dog for themselves i'm not sure if you have the same problem and i really hope that the rightful owner does find the dog because it's so easy to be like hey i lost this cute adorable little golden retriever puppy about this yay hi can i have it back you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, um, probably not so much in Jakarta, but in certain places in Indonesia where this is the, like this is really morbid, but in certain places where dog meat is a thing, oh, no. um, people and and um, people I know too have lost um, like all, all of a sudden their dogs are gone and uh, just, they just never come back. We've written about this too oh. in Coconuts Bali. Um, it's really really sad stuff. Oh yeah, there was that story that. Amal wrote right about you know the the Barua beach dogs. That's really sad. So guys, mm. do take care of these poor defenseless little creatures. And you know, but props to the police station in in Lumpini for you know taking good care of that little doggo and having a sense of humor about it. Yeah, so adorable. So over to Manila, another election-related story. So, I mean, you know how we we've been on on and on like the the couple of like the past couple of months we've been going on about you know Lenny Robredo and Bobo Marcos and how you know people power unfortunately um, lost to the powerful and formidable machinery that is you know money and political Mm. families, right? But there is Mm. some shred of good news in the Philippines where there is a small town in the province of Eastern Samar that's in the Visayas area um, of the Philippines where a vegetable seller just beat a powerful political family to become the town mayor. So, yeah, so he's he's a market vendor and his opponent was the brother of the incumbent mayor. And the brother, aside from being the... uh, you know, aside from being related to this political family, is also a physician. So, you know, immediately you just kind of get the image that, you know, resource-wise, this guy would have it all. And, you know, it's 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 kind of not hard to see why in any other world said guy would win the mayor post quickly and easily. 
right? But, you know, this this guy, his name is Rodrigo Rivera. He's a market vendor who sells vegetables, was tired of the same political dynasty that was running their town's politics, decided to wage an independent campaign. And remember, this guy, he's literally like he sells vegetables at the market, right? Like he doesn't have like any political backing of any sort. And all he did was to rely on word of mouth from the public market where he works. And yeah, he went against his opponent, uh, Zaldi Carpeso, who also, aside from being um, a, par- a member of the ruling political family in their town, also ran under the country's ruling political party, PDP Laban, which is also the political party of Rodrigo Duterte, and mm. eventually edged out the dude by 562 votes. Yeah, so this stopped the brothers from having total control over you know over the town right because the incumbent mayor ran this time as vice mayor and he won but still and you know the rest of the city councilors would be their allies as well but you know it's 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 a really nice story because he did you know really try to win that whole thing and just really stop them from having total control yeah good on mr rivera and I hope this doesn't happen to him, but I've seen way too many times of politicians with, you know, humble beginnings, like who who beat all the odds to get into office. But, you know, over the years, you know, they end up becoming the villain. I hope right. this doesn't happen to him um, because, you know, power gets to you. Um, Absolutely. And hopefully, hopefully instead, uh, Rivera could be like one shining light in what is undoubtedly dark times in Filipino politics right now. I mean, he, he has a promising, um, he has a promising platform, right? So he wants to build more farm to market roads and really connect all of the far flung communities uh, to the marketplace, livelihood programs, and, you know, just everything that the town's concerned with. So, I mean, he has a good start there. And, you know, aside from what you've mentioned, I also hope that, you know, whoever is with him in the town hall, doesn't get in his way in terms of implementing these programs because they do sound, you know, it does sound like he wants the best for the rest of the townsfolk of Dolores in Eastern Samar. So, yeah. Amen. Amen, indeed. So, it's May 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if not everybody, then most people already have COVID fatigue. Um, mm-hmm. Well, thankfully for us in Indonesia, President Joko Widodo this week announced that we have the option of taking off our masks outdoors. Yay! Should, I, I should stress that outdoors, um, not indoors. You're still obligated to wear to wear masks indoors. But the president said, if you're conducting activities outdoors or at an open space that's not crowded, then not wearing a mask is permissible. But then again, there are some caveats, you know, like those with extra, like additional health risks, um, including the elderly sure. are still advised to mask up wherever they go. Also, people who are who have who have the coughs and the sniffles and are uh, sneezing or what have you, they still have to mask up outdoors. But okay, yeah, so I mean, breath of fresh air, uh, I guess. You're from Jakarta. People. How do you mm-hmm. how do you feel about it? I mean, are, are you for it? Will you be masking off? Anytime soon. I mean, even before um, this announcement, I I gotta admit, whenever I, uh, I go out, like I have taken off my mask uh, <gasps> outdoors, okay. outdoors, not not indoors. <clears throat> that that's crucial. But um, even even outdoors though, whenever someone comes near, like within a meter from me, I would 
just pull my mask off just in case. And um, that sounds responsible. Yeah, from what I know, I've I have never caught COVID, so that's good. I think my strategy works. I think a lot of people are in the same boat or have been in the same boat over like at least the past few months because, as I said, COVID nineteen fatigue is real. You know, um, it's real. It's been yeah. going on for two years. <laughs> yeah, people are are really sick of sick of masking up. But now I just have to. The the downside is I have I have I I see a lot of unattractive people outdoors now. And oh my god! My <laughs> I'm kidding. What the? Oh my god! That is like so mean. Okay, <laughs> first of all, what makes you think they don't think the exact same way about you? Right? I mean, I'm not do. saying you're unattractive. <laughs> They're probably they probably do, but I don't give a shit. I know okay. I'm beautiful. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're beautiful on the inside and on yep, the outside inside yep 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 but you, you, you know like last month when i was in bali like nobody wore a mask like outdoors so they were they and were ahead you... they were ahead of the times absolutely um, did, did you but... follow suit did you do oh, yeah. as the Balinese do Okay. Yeah, I did. I did do as the Balinese do. Um, it, it's it's kind of liberating, but but then again, wearing a mask if you have to, it's it's still not that much of a nuisance for me. Maybe when it's really right. really hot. Yeah, sure. It is getting quite hot in Indonesia right now. Um, right. But anyway, I should add that uh, the the relaxation of mask rule, mask rules is not the only thing that was announced. Um, Indonesia has also dropped testing requirements for all travelers uh, coming into Indonesia and all domestic travelers as well, as long as um, they're fully vaccinated, Ooh. aka if they've received at least two doses of a COVID nineteen uh, vaccine. So if not, then they, if, they got uh, to uh, get the test or, you know, quarantine. So when Jollibee finally opens in Jakarta, you mean I don't have to get tested so that I can fly all the way down there and force feed you some of that Jolly spaghetti? Um, sure, but, you know, not to yes. tempt fate, but that would depend on there being, you know, lack of another variant. Oh, yeah. Fuck. No. We like there is one, right? But let's hope. Let's yeah. hope not. Let's not tempt fate, as you mentioned. Yeah, uh, like the numbers are good in Indonesia, even after like the long eat holiday that we just had. So it's looking, it's looking promising. Oh, nice, awesome. So Andre, you just mentioned that it's getting pretty hot in 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 Indonesia, and it's the same here, save for like the occasional rainstorms. But in Singapore, it's apparently sweltering. So sweater weather is officially gone. And if, you know, anybody in Singapore right now is facing the intense amount of heat, well, they better brace for even more incoming heat during this month, which they called record-breaking. So let me put on my weather, weather girl voice on. For the rest of May, Singapore can expect warmer and drier weather that will go up to 36 degrees Celsius. So that is what the National Environment Agency warned in a month that has already set a new high. So they said that daily lows, and this is low, will range between 34 and 35 degrees Celsius on most days, with more humid, humid nights reaching up to 28 degrees that is wow. yeah that is that's pretty hot yeah and 28 that's 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 not even that's that's not even great that's like 
oh, hey, it's, it's, it's a nice day out for a walk, probably. Okay, so this happens uh, during what is called the Southwest monsoon season, where winds will blow across Singapore for what is considered one of the year's driest periods. And residents of those who live in the southern and eastern coastal areas will feel the heat the most. But with the heat comes some short rain showers, which they can expect in a few locations in the mornings and afternoons. And there will be thundery showers, which will pour for a day or two in the morning. But overall, it'll be below to near average rainfall for the month of May. So, yeah. So either way, you get wet from sweat or from rainfall. Exactly. Mm. And it's still fun. hot either way. It is. It is yeah. fun. Summer, Question. Summer, 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 summer. Okay. Are you like one of those Asian ladies who, in a, in a hot day, they go out with an umbrella to protect with themselves an umbrella. from <laughs> Okay. I, as much as I would want to be... I'm just uh-huh. far too lazy to carry an umbrella. That is okay. the honest truth. I'd be like, oh shit, I forgot my umbrella at home. Nah. And then I just, mm. I just walk out. I mean, it's hard not to not to hate the sun when you live in Southeast Asia. I mean, yeah. I love the beach and everything, but what, when the clock strikes 10 or 11, like you better be heading home because <laughs> it's just way too hot. Yeah. I'm not like about- one of those ladies, by the way. <laughs> I <laughs> so, welcome like, what, the what sun. Are you? Fine. No, like really? Whatever. I grew really? up in the Middle East. Yeah, like, like so. when it's when it's. Oh, okay. That does make sense. But like when it's yeah. at the highest, like at lunchtime. Huh. I, well, all I need really are my coconuts, sunglasses, uh, and and sunscreen. I, I, of course. I love that you just you know just casually mentioned the merch right there. But yeah, sunscreen <laughs> is super duper important. Like at the very least, when I don't have my umbrella with me, which is like ninety five percent of the time anyway. I, I do have to put on sunscreen. Okay. So speaking of Singapore, um, uh, Coconuts Bali published a story about a 28-year-old man from Ubud who was unfortunately duped by a shady recruiter and was oh, left man. in limbo for nine days in Singapore. So, you know, with the oh, whole shit. COVID thing devastating Bali's tourism-dependent economy, this guy... Uh, named Imade Dalam Andi Alkirata. I'm gonna I'm gonna refer to him as Made because <laughs> that's way easier. Okay. Uh, um, yeah. So he uh, he was in touch with a, a quote unquote recruiter who claimed that he could get a job in the at first in the UK as long as he paid like fifteen hundred US dollars. And so he did uh, because he's been out of sure. work for a while. He's in the hospitality industry, by the way. So. Um, uh, he he paid the money, but um, they kept pushing back his departure for 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 weeks, and then eventually they said, "Oh, the the UK job is gone, but we have this uh, opening in Singapore." Um, but so so that he did go to Singapore on April sixteenth, along with four other job seekers from Bali. But once they arrived there, the agency basically ghosted them, and they they, they didn't. The agency didn't even give them the office address if it even exists at all. So they oh, soon came to re- to their realization that they were duped and abandoned in a foreign country. Um, but you know, he uh, Madi contacted his friend in Singapore who helped him out, and then eventually he contacted the embassy and who helped facilitate his return recently. So thank thank thankfully he's back home now in Ubud, but a few thousand dollars short. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that really hurts. 
you know, because a lot of these people, and I mean, the hospitality industry for sure has been one of the most affected sectors and worldwide, like not just in Indonesia. Like, I mean, it's happened everywhere because of because of COVID. And, and I mean, I know that scammers are everywhere, but just to really take advantage of people's desperation, as if these people haven't been through enough of having mm. to go jobless for probably one, two years. And, you know, people are literally clinging to their last hope. I mean, that that's really, yeah, that really sucks. Yeah. But I am glad that he's back home. I would imagine that's like his savings too that he dug into to do this. Exactly. Like oh, the last yeah. of his savings. Yeah. And it's not even because this guy was being gullible or whatever. I mean, he was literally, you know, I mean... Who wouldn't like? I mean, if if anybody were in his shoes, like, why wouldn't you jump at the opportunity to work in in Singapore if that was the only opportunity available to you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sucks. But yeah, glad he's home. All right, so we didn't read it as part of our top stories roundup this week, but arguably the most popular story out of the coconuts verse universe. Is one involving an Indonesian cleric by the name of Abdul Somad, who was denied entry to Singapore and caused like and sparked tension between the two nations. Oh um, no! Yeah, usually, usually it's us two interviewing a guest, right? But for this week's interview segment, we are uh, we will have on board with us Coconut Singapore's Carolyn Tio. And we'll have like a discussion about it because um, the story was written in both Coconut Jakarta and Coconut Singapore. So listen in. So big news for Indonesia and Singapore. The Indonesian preacher Abdul Samad was barred entry into the little red dot. And here to talk to us today about, you know, whether that's par for the course in Singapore, we have today Coconut Singapore reporter, Carolyn Cho. Hey, hey Carol, Hello. nice to have you back. Hey. Thanks for having me And back. I'd like to introduce myself, Andrew Nazri of Coconut Jakarta, to shed light a little bit of background on this guy. He's <laughs> all about. Okay, so like being the outsider, the effective outsider in this conversation. So... Wait, first off, Andra, is is like what is this dude's deal? Is he like one of those whack job preachers or is he like like I mean, is he actually popular or is he like one of those charismatic religious figures? Um okay. I wouldn't go as far as calling him a whack job preacher. Um he is known to be a highly qualified um I guess professor of Islamic studies and in recent years Abdul Somad has become arguably the most popular uh, celebrity preacher in Indonesia. And that is owing mm-hmm. to his, I guess he really speaks to, to the common people very well. Uh, the, way, the way he carries out his, uh, his sermons, um, they're, they're, full of, uh, they're full of, you know, he, he injects comedy here and there. It's just very accessible to a lot of a lot of people, and um, as we know, probably know by now, um, there's been some rise in conservatism among Indonesian right. Muslims in recent years. So that's also aided in his popularity. Okay, so you're you're Muslim, right? I'm not sure mm-hmm. you've taken if you've ever taken a listen um, to his preachings, to Abdul Samad's preachings. But would you say objectively that it checks out whatever he says? 
Uh, oh my god! Uh, way to put me on the spot because I do not want to get sorry. harassed by haters. But um, as far as what he espouses, um, there are times where, where when I feel that maybe he shouldn't have gone there, even though that's ex- actually what their religion teaches. But you know, it's, mm. it's it's the modern era. Maybe contextualize your sermons a little bit. Uh, you know what I mean? Okay. But so, so uh, at least in the context of Islam, it's conventional. Whatever he says is conventional. Yeah, you can't really fault him for that. Okay, but he could, he could, he could choose not to say certain things. For example, one of one of the one of the most con- uh, controversial things that he's uh, he said, uh, which uh, which was uh, which got him barred from Singapore, according to the Ministry of uh, Home Affairs in Singapore, was that uh, the Christian crucifix uh, basically comes with infidel genies and and if you have one in your home then that's going to drive like all the good angels away out of your home um (gasps) he said that once in a sermon and um but then again that is pretty much what the religion teaches i mean those came from the you know from the teachings of the prophet muhammad as well so um yeah take that okay what you will yeah interesting what say you, Carol? I mean, what do you think? Um, wh- what is what is Singapore's deal when it comes to religious figures? Oh, like Silva is. I think any kind of views or comments, like even online, that you make that like cause like a divide in like racial or religion, um, like it's basically an offense in our like penal code. So we take this things very seriously i mean yeah so that's why this news blew up in singapore as well because it's like whoa how can you say that and then suddenly singapore's like nope you're not coming in like you have a history of all this you know controversial (laughs) things so we're like nope mm, no we don't want to risk it that kind of thing so maybe that's why that's why it went like super viral here as well okay i'm curious though okay (laughs) but you know you know like um a lot of indonesians here are accusing singapore of um Islamophobia for mm. barring entry to uh, Abdul Samad, mm. but really Singapore has been pretty indiscriminate in its uh, enforcement of these anti-hate speech values, right? Yeah, there's a lot of um, instances where I mean, like just this week, someone was uh, a man was charged for like making Islamophobic remarks during a school lecture. So they, yeah, so like I say, they take this, this very seriously, and they're not gonna not gonna let this pass. But, yeah, I wonder how. I mean, I wonder how mainstream media is playing this whole thing out over in Singapore, Carol. Like, how are they painting um, Abdul Samad to be? Is is he like? Is he being painted exactly like how Andre described him earlier, or or is 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 he being painted out like? Is he being made out to be like some sort of nut job preacher? What say you from the Singaporean perspective? I mean, our ministry like released a statement like right after. I mean, because people are questioning like, why was he? you know, but from entering, entering Singapore, right? And then, like, the next day, they released a statement and then they said, uh, and I quote, that Somat has been known to preach extremist and segregationist teachings, which are basically, like, unacceptable in, like, Singapore's a multiracial and multireligious society. So, of course, like, they're trying to, you know, say that he's not, his teachings are not welcomed in the country. And, I mean... They also gave right. like, examples of what he preached about, which is that uh, they mentioned about suicide bombings. Uh, he preached that suicide bombings are legitimate, you know. 
And uh, yeah, and this kind of thing is just not what we <laughs> we value, I guess. And then, if, I mean, even though he came in, you know, um, not with uh, with like a social purpose, as in to come to visit socially and not like to preach a sermon or something, like you know, even that is not allowed in Singapore. Yeah, so they they tried to um yeah, of course they tried to paint him as the bad guy, of course, because they are the ones that bought him from the country. So I mean, they have to substantiate with all these reasons why he's like not allowed. I imagine Singaporeans are happy about this in general, right? Yeah, they're like, oh, um, why? Yeah, I mean, like people are just like, why, 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 why bring him in? Like, it's okay. Like, he, you know, it's like extremist thing, teachings and stuff like that. We don't need that in the country. So I think locals are also supportive of the government's like actions, I guess. Yeah. Damn, and this guy just wanted to holiday in an yeah. orchard road, man. <laughs> oh, so he was there for a holiday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so yeah, for someone. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, what happened was, I think it, it was a uh, uh, Monday. On Monday, he went from the near neighboring island of Batam on a yeah. ferry to Singapore. And once he get once he uh, him and his family, I think I think there was a travel party of six, so including his wife uh, and his children. When they got to Singapore, they were. Uh, he said he had all the. Uh, relevant travel documents ready um, but mm-hmm. they stopped him at the at the port and detained him in like a one by two meter cell apparently for for some three hours oh, without man. explanation and then they just sent him back home mm, yeah i guess like singapore blacklisted him you know and then like they interviewed and then they just said no to him when he tried to come in i guess yeah Right, but interestingly, what like Carol, you outlined there the um, the the reasons the Ministry of Home Affairs cited for the re- mm-hmm. for the refusal. But interestingly, he did he did uh, issue his rebuttal. Yeah, but it's basically basically along the lines of what I said earlier. Um, say the whole suicide bombing thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like, oh, but that was in the context of uh, Palestine and how the Palestinian people have no proper means to fight against uh, Israeli tyranny uh, in that case then it's fine for them to blow themselves up and he was like oh my he, went on to say, he went on to say that oh this is not my personal view I was just relaying what other clerics had said before about this topic so he has been, he has been on the defensive uh, and again the whole genie thing uh, genie on the crucifix thing he was like oh this is not my personal view the prophet Muhammad said this so um, mm. you can't fault him really in the context and like in the eyes of Islam, I suppose, which makes this a pretty uh, tricky situation, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, it is yeah. pretty tricky because I wanted because it is interesting that, and I mean, I totally understand um, Singapore's se- or like the Singaporean government sentiments, but you know, in the context of being multiracial and multi-religious, like where do you draw the line? Right. Like when you're trying to respect all types of religions, like where do you draw the line? Like in this guy's case, I mean, it's not like he's he's advocating for suicide bombers. Right. It's just a more I don't know, like maybe a more conservative reading of, of the religion that they have. So like that to me is, is is an interesting you know thing to explore. Like when when is it OK and when do you draw the line in terms of that? I guess for Singapore, it's more like as long as you don't talk shit about other people's religion, like you don't, you know, criticize their religion, then I think it's fine. But I think he, you mm-hmm. know, like the crucifix thing that you mentioned, I think he took a jab at Christianity. So I think that's where Singapore thought it was wrong. 
Yeah, I mean, past instances also have, yeah, something like that. Like, you just talk shit about other people's religion, but then, you know, but if you're just, like, talking solely on your religion and why your religion is good and everything, I think it's fine. Because, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt other people's feelings, but when it comes to, you know, other, other people's religion, you don't, you know, you don't talk bad about them, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a thing, right? He, like I said earlier, he could have chosen not to yeah. say shit about other people's religion. I mean... Like it's not just in Islam, but in in other um, religions as well. There are some things that I I, I don't know, Sam. In, Ca- in Catholicism, for example, mm-hmm. like like in the Old Testament, there are things that you would probably wince at. You know, when uh, like certain religious rules, like I don't know, stone stoning to death for adultery for something like that. You know, right? Think, yeah, I mean, it doesn't apply to this day and age, and. Absolutely. We should probably stop, stop, you know, promoting that kind of um, thinking from like 2000 years ago, you know? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. But I also do think that I think it's part of the appeal for charismatic preachers. I mean, he would be far from the first one to talk shit about other religions just to, I don't know, for whatever reason, maybe it's better marketing for, for, for gathering more members or something. But, but yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, so like we don't know really what's going to happen. I, I take it, Carol, in Singapore, um, this became huge news, especially because um, a lot of uh, his fans in Indonesia went after certain yeah. Singaporean politicians, right? Yeah, correct. I think since since the news were reported that you know he he was denied entry, I think a lot of his followers went on uh, social media and then. To target like um like our president, our prime minister, and like other ministers, and like even like our immigration and our tourism board, like they went to spam like the comment section, like hashtag that is you know, save him, yeah, like save him the kind of thing, or like they make like comments like um don't uh, how how could you disrespect him? How could you not let him in that kind of thing? Yeah, they just flooded their social media until like the ministry had to like say like okay yeah our our <laughs> our government our social media accounts are being like. Cyber, uh, cyber attack mm. yeah and he even said that like some public Indonesian like chat groups uh, started these cyber attacks so yeah they kind of and it, but then I checked this morning uh, I didn't really see much comments anymore I think they like filtered out I'm not quite sure yeah. but yeah there are still like some you know comments are like you know oh why why did you do that like that's so unnecessary <laughs> people still don't understand why the followers I guess yeah gosh I mean, but it's crazy if you can't apply it yeah and on on Indonesian Twitter, the 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 term Singapore or Singapura has been trending all week, you yeah. know, containing con- condemnations against our our neighbors up there. But like, I don't I don't know the answer to this yet. But perhaps uh, you guys could help me theorize. Is that the f- weird thing is this is not the first time Abdul Samad has been barred from entering a country. He's been uh, he's been uh, denied entry to Germany, to the Netherlands, to the UK, um, Timor Leste. Yet I don't no. know what it is like. Why? Why? But there there wasn't that big of a of a backlash uh, in those cases. I don't know what what the deal is with uh, this particular case in uh, in Singapore. Why everybody's so riled up these days? Maybe because it just happened recently and maybe because it's like COVID. <laughs> and then maybe finally every because Singapore is opened up, Indonesia is open up as well. I think people are just pissed that, you know, they can't just go over now, <laughs> even though they have the like, extremist views. 
give a scare maybe. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> but Perhaps. did the other but did the other yeah, country probably. say like, why did it, the other country say why he was like bought for entering? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, basically the same thing. Oh, basically. Okay. But yeah, I um, mean, did for some he reason, yeah by any chance go on Instagram and post a one by two like a photo of themselves in a one by two cell? Because I'm thinking that's probably what caused the uproar over the whole thing. Yeah, he riled it. Yeah, up. he did. He did take a selfie. Um, yeah. of being in the cell. I, I guess a lot of his fans probably thought it was mistreatment of their of their hero, right? I they guess because we are right. in neighboring exactly. countries or so, you know. People are like, oh, why? You know, I thought Singapore and Indonesia are cool. How come it's like this? <laughs> yeah. Like bestie. Yeah. yeah. And like, we've never really seen Singapore as this Islamophobic country. I mean, you guys have a Muslim president yeah. too. Yeah. So it, it was odd to me at first. That, yeah, like, maybe that's why it pissed people off. Right. Because I mean, to more or less, the no surprises there, right? <laughs> yeah. I guess. So, which is probably like, yeah, yeah. That's probably what caused the uproar. Um, but you know what else he said, though? Um, this might not bode well for Singapore. <laughs> uh -oh. Because he does have he does have legions of followers here. Uh, uh -oh. After this whole interesting, shaman, he said he encouraged his followers to boycott Singapore, as in don't travel yeah. to Singapore. Oh. <laughs> um, this, this, right. was just in. Like, this just in. What do way. you think, though? Oh, um, I... Honestly, I don't think the ministry cares <laughs> whether, like, I mean, people are still going to come either way, so, and I mean, yeah. we're going to, I mean, it's not going to affect our relations, I guess. I don't think as far as, like, bilateral relations, I don't think it's going to affect that. I mean, since the yeah, sort of attacks, so-called attacks are on social media anyways, and it's in the comment section, it's not like it's, you know, like, protesting or, like, nothing big scale, so I don't think it will affect us, hopefully not. But I mean, he's a controversial figure anyway. So there, I'm, yeah. I'm sure there are like Muslims in Indonesia who are not, you know, agreeing with his views and stuff like that. So I don't, I don't think it's Present something company to worry included. about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to ask you, Andra, like, what do you think though? Like, do you think, um, like, is 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 that gonna is that gonna happen? Like, is the boycott going to be? palpable enough to i don't know like lower singapore's tourism numbers probably um no highly doubtful uh like the good thing about his his call for boycott is that uh, he did note that um the money that he was gonna blow in singapore he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna <laughs> donate it to like orphanages and so on right so and and at the same time he encouraged his followers to do the same like instead of going to singapore do this instead do this good deed wow. which, which which is probably great uh in the end but i don't think it's gonna affect yeah, singapore's tourism numbers I mean, and also yeah. I, um yeah uh, as, as far as bilateral relations go i think this is just uh insignificant yeah. in the end um because Somad Abdul Somad basically sure. falls in the let's say opposition opposition spectrum. Uh, his most of his fans basically don't support the government. Therefore, the Indonesian government hasn't said really said anything about this. They said, "Oh, we don't want to interfere with Singapore's immigration policies." Blah blah blah, and they they're just basically right. going to let Somad, uh, you know, leave him out to dry, not help him in any way. So, <laughs> all good, well, Carol. I mean 
Yeah, I, I mean, can side visit. Note, you can visit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, side note, Singapore has been really hot these days anyway. So, like, we are recording, like, the highest oh, yeah. temperature this month, like, 36 degrees. So, it's probably not a good time to come to Singapore anyway. So, maybe <laughs> 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 we can blow your money somewhere else then. When it all cools down. Yeah, exactly. Uh, when it all cools literally, down. Literally, and yeah, uh, yeah, we can probably come and visit. Yeah. Okay, well, glad to hear that, you know, nothing's going to happen, nothing serious going to happen, like, nothing serious is going to happen between Singapore and Indonesia, like, all as well in the bilateral relations front, and this will probably be a minor scuffle that we'll probably forget a week from now, but I do hope that Abdul Saman uh, gets his vacation, because I think he does, he is in time for, to a holiday. Right, regardless of his <laughs> beliefs, like you know, provided that he doesn't wish any other, you know, and like he doesn't wish that you know suicide bombers actually push through or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, thank you so much, Carol, for weighing in on this on this news of the week. Thank you. Thanks, Carol. Thank we're you. still friends. Bye. Yeah, we're still friends. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Carol. We'll <laughs> cool, see you. Cool. We're still good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> bye bye. Right. Bye bye. 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 Thanks, guys. So there we go. Lesson of the day is respect. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't say shit about other people's religions, or you might get barred from entering other countries. Yeah, you don't get the vacation you want. So on Orchard Road, y'all you know, <laughs> like oh, I should have I should have mentioned earlier, but with the heat in Singapore and Orchard Road, I would love some some of that ice cream sandwich. Oh, really? Where do you so, where do you get it from? There's this legendary uncle in Singapore hmm. on on Orchard Road. He's he I, just. Have you? Uh, oh, you've never been to Singapore. I'm talking to the wrong I person. Haven't. I should have, I should have talked to this, about this with Carol earlier. But anyway, but yeah, if you do go to Singapore and it's hot, um, yeah, get yourself a nice cream sandwich. I will take note of that for when I do finally go to Singapore. <laughs> On that note, yeah. though, Abdul Somad can't have his ice cream, unfortunately. Oh, for yeah, him. unfortunately, he'll have to get it somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, anyway, on that note, it's time to say goodbye this week. We'll see you again next week, same time, same place. Bye-bye. Bye! Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support Coconuts and our weird and wondrous stories, you can become a Coco Plus member at coconuts.co slash membership, make a patron payment at coconuts.co slash patron, or buy our fresh merch at the Coconut Shop at shop.coconuts.co. Advertise with our in-house agency Grove. Fast, funny, digital. Join forces with us to slay buzzwords, rise above the noise, and sow the seeds of something great. Get in touch via coconuts.co slash grove. Subscribe to the podcast and leave reviews. Tell us how you feel and what you like and don't like. We're excited to hear from you. The Coconuts Podcast delivers impactful, weird, and wondrous reporting by our journalists on the ground in eight cities. Singapore, Bangkok, Hong Kong, Manila, Jakarta, Kuala Lumpur, Yangon, and Bali. Listen to headline news and insightful interviews on matters large and small, designed for people located in or curious about Southeast Asia and Hong Kong. The Coconuts Podcast is a Coconuts Media production. Our hosts are Sam Beltran and Andre Nazri. Our executive producer is Byron Perry. 
Our production manager is Clarissa Cortez, and our editor is Paul Medina.